Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with Mrs. Lucina Thompson. <laughs> That's so funny to be Mrs. Lucina. You are, right? Uh, because little kids would like to say that and call me that. It's so great to be with you today. I'm glad you're here. Lucina, for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, well, this year was a really special year in the Thompson family for more than one reason. First, Kyle and I celebrated our 40th anniversary. 40 years. 40, which is a miracle in and of itself. That's one story. But um, it also means I'm old. No. <laughs> Older. <laughs> so for those listening, I'm, I'm not the pretty young thing sitting across from me. I'm the other end of that spectrum. So 40 years. We have two children. Jordan, who happens to be on staff and a film producer here, and he's 33. And our daughter, Audrey, um, is married to John, just turned 32. Um, She's a petroleum engineer in town, and so a working mom. Um, And literally, the other amazing thing that just happened to our family that's rocked our world and teaching us so many things is... John and Audrey adopted their third child, and we added um, a third grandbaby. So our grandchildren are Henry, who's three, Charlotte, who's one, and George, who is five weeks. Five weeks. That's so fun. It is fun. Y'all have your hands full, I bet. We do, and we we see a lot almost every day of George right now at this stage, and it's great. That's so fun. Well, I I bet we could just jump right in. First John 4. No, I'd love to talk about First John 4. Take it away. So it's really fun. Um, I didn't write on this passage, but I love the whole book of First John. Every one of these chapters is rich and wonderful. And I walked away really with two uh, things that jumped out at me in this passage. And so let's just look at those. And I think the first for me was we are commanded, and it's really a neck, do not. It's a, it's, it's a negative command. And it's actually the second time in this book that John does that. Do not believe every spirit. And in chapter two, he said, do not love the world. That's the other thing. And so here again, he's giving us a negative command, an interesting way to tell you to do something. Sure. By not doing. Do not. Um, And so, do not believe every spirit. And I I think, really, what this means, I'm like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it means don't be gullible. And 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 as yeah. I mean, we taught this to our kids when they were little bitty, like, no, the ghosts do not live under your bed. I mean, you know, when your kids were little and they heard from someone else or or in the closet. Yes, yes, yes. No, there's not there's not a parade in your closet mm-hmm. when you're going to bed at night. When you're little. But that changes into high school and college the things that you would instruct a young adult to not believe. And then the most interesting phase my husband and I are in now is we have mothers, um, widows, both widows, in their 80s, my mom, late 80s. And so what we're saying now is, mom, do not answer the telephone with a number you do not know and someone on the end telling you that we're the IRS. That has got rent, rent. That is scam. (laughs) Alert. alert. Yes. Like, that's gullible. And that's practical ways. And so in the same way, John is saying, don't do that spiritually speaking either. So that's practically speaking, but then spiritually, don't believe every spirit. And then he qualifies it because he goes on and he says in verse 2, 
Um, actually, you know, there are many, but but you're going to have to test the Spirit. And that's interesting to me because I go, mm, well, how do you do that? Sure. How, how, do, do, how do you do it? How do you test the Spirit? And he tells us there in two that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come, that's how you know that they're legit, that they're the real thing. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm real practical. I'm like, okay, well, a lot of people say that. And and is that what it really means? And years ago, really early in our marriage, Kyle sat under a great Bible teacher, and he had five tests. They're really just more red flags of not believing everything you hear spiritually speaking even. So this and, would be you're hearing counsel and you're or discerning teaching, or teaching, teaching from the is front. this biblical or not? Yes. Okay. And it's gotten so much harder for this generation because in my ger- generation, you would be just talking about what was preached in quotation sure. on the at the front on any Sunday. Well, now it's every podcast, TikTok, Insta, oh, yeah. whatever. It's everywhere. That you're getting a word from someone that might claim to be a follower mm-hmm. of Christ. So um, here are the five tests. And it starts with, again, what John told us in verse 2. Number one, do they confess that Jesus is the Son of God who came in flesh, died on a cross, was buried, and rose again? And folks, this is your this is the gospel. That mm-hmm. is, do we? And that reminds me of Romans ten, um, you know, nine and ten. I mean, so what is it you confess? It is something you say with your mouth, but it's what you say about Jesus. Not just I'm a Christian, because lots of people say that. Lots of people say that. And so, do you confess that Jesus is from God? That he is God, that he came specifically for the sole purpose to die on a cross. He was then buried. He has risen again, and he did that to pay for your sins and mine. So first way, that's the first test. The second, do these professors of Christianity, do they push a new or a hidden revelation? And that's where people get into to real trouble. And we speak this is spoken of in Proverbs, and I love it in Revelation 22, 18 and 19, talking about not adding anything to God's Word. And and just what are the words they are saying? Do they line up with what your Bible says? Are they adding to it, or is it something hidden? That's a, that's a red flag. Warning, warning. Third, does the ministry, does the person, um, and really the ministry they're professing, does it does it revolve around that individual where his word, and I'm using his as most leaders of ministries or religions, mm-hmm. um, does their word, you know, does does everything revolve around what they say such that it becomes the gospel? Right. What he says instead of the true gospel, which is all about mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So is it about the person or is it about Jesus Christ? And if people are quoting the person and not what Jesus has to say in God in his word, that's a problem. Major problem. Yeah, that's a red flag. Fourth, um, does it seek to control or isolate its people or its followers? And in my lifetime, I can think of many prophets, newer newer things that have come along, most even Waco, Texas, um, people professing to be God followers that turn into followers of this man and his teaching that turn into leading people to their deaths. Mm. It's a really tragic thing. And so we do have to be careful of being isolated or controlled. And lastly, 
does it focus on money? <laughs> and that mm-hmm. old test of follow the money. And if it's all about that, that that's a problem. So I love those tests about how to test what's being taught today. Is it real? Is it reliable? Is it God speaking mm-hmm. to us through a person or a ministry? And just on that first one alone, does it confess, which again, verse 2, every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh. I literally, from where we sit at this location at Watermark Community, 7540 LBJ40, I can think of several religions, religious groups or believers, but believing groups not two miles from where we sit that do not, that they teach good things and you could believe that's a Christian church as you walk Mm -hmm. in, but they do not confess that Jesus is God in human flesh and that he came to die for your sin and mine. That's a problem. So it's 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 all around us. It's it's on all of your social media platforms and it is in our city two miles from where we sit right here. And then I think the second thing that I love about this chapter, who doesn't love love? Right? And the whole command to love one another. And it starts in seven. And beloved, let us I love that he calls us that anyway. Beloved, I love that. Let us love one another. He says it in 7, 11, 12, and he repeats it in 21. Love one another. That's so simple and yet so hard. John says this, beloved, let us. Well, folks, that's in present tense, which means you're doing it all the time. Oh, this is what's hard to do it. It's convicting. Yeah. This is where it gets tough. And I combine that with Jesus's greatest command because he was tested. And when the guy came up to test him in Matthew 22, what is the greatest teacher? What's the greatest command? And what did Jesus say? Well, he told us about the Shema, the original in in Deuteronomy. Israel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But Jesus added to it. And he says, and love your neighbor. The second command, love just like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. And what my husband always says, okay, so who's my neighbor? And he goes, well, your neighbor, let's just start with the people closest to you. That's your family. For those of you single out there, that might be who you live in a home with. They are your inner congruent circle. Mm -hmm. And then it rotates out from there. The people that we live with or that in our family are the hardest to love. I fail on this every week. Literally, I had to ask forgiveness from Kyle this week of not loving him well. I was correcting him, which is not loving, by the way. Like, it doesn't even matter if he was right about that. What am I doing? And it's not loving. What my actions were, were speaking anything but love. So, it's, it's all around us. We are to love like, like God loves us, mm-hmm. this passage says. And if we say we love God, but we don't love our brother and our sister around us, we're a liar. Yeah. Not just, not, yeah. no, you're a liar. You can't, you can't be one without the other. And I just, I think that's beautiful. And I loved even, you know, just, we recently read in First Peter that we're to, we're to be fervent in our love for one another. Um, because love covers a multitude of sins. Oh, baby, I need that. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to be that kind of a lover whose love covers a multitude of sin. 
Me too, Lucina. I wish, I think we're out of time, but I really wish we could keep talking. I could listen to you teach all day. Mm. No, it's, I don't think it's so. <laughs> God's, it's God's spirit through you. Uh, it, it is not my word. It, <laughs> it is his word. And that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing and a wonderful joy that we have to look at it and to try to live it out. Absolutely. Well, I hope that encouraged our listeners. I'm sure it did. I know it challenged me. And I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.